Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. By now, you have heard that embattled Congressman George Santos has announced that he won't seek re-election. This comes in the aftermath of the House Ethics Committee releasing a long-awaited report saying it found substantial evidence of uncharged and unlawful conduct. Now, the House is expected to vote on expulsion shortly after they return from their Thanksgiving recess. Now that Santos has indicated he's not even going to run for re-election next year, can we be done with this expulsion situation? Who is the entity that is pushing expulsion? It is his colleagues from New York, right here in New York, particularly on Long Island. Why? It has to do with how this seat would be filled. If there's a special election because Santos resigns or is expelled, then the Republican candidate would essentially get to be picked by the Nassau County Republican boss, Joe Cairo. If there's a primary next year and anybody can run that wants to run, then anybody can run that wants to run. That means that the county leader can't essentially just pick the congressman. Isn't that a more Democratic way to do it than simply having the Republican leader and the Democratic leader pick the candidates? Let the people have a say in this. Santos is out. He's the lamest of lame ducks. Let him finish his term, and anyone that wants to run next year should be able to run. That's my two cents. Hey, uh, ask Frank anything in a minute. I would love to hear some interesting, creative, and different questions from different people. So if you have something that's offlandish, that's out of the box, that's fun, that's interesting, that's different from what you hear on the radio the whole rest of the day, let me hear it. What's your question? 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I know a lot of you have heard about the draconian budget cuts that are coming from City Hall. A lot of you, like me, are upset about what the ramifications of those cuts might mean, not just to public safety, but potentially even to things like universal pre-K. If that gets cut, my wife and I are out about another $6,000 come next year, which we're not looking forward to. So I have an idea as to how New York City can save some money. How about we stop arresting people wrongfully and we stop having prosecutors cheat? Case in point, 
a man exonerated after spending over two decades in prison for murders in Queens that he did not commit will receive a record $17.5 million settlement from New York City. That's a record according to his lawyer and city data. The man, George Bell, was convicted with Gary Johnson and Rohan Bolt for the 1996 killing of the owner of a check cashing store in East Elmhurst and an off-duty police officer who was providing security. Mr. Bell was sentenced in 1999 to life in prison without parole. Two years ago, a judge threw out the three men's convictions and admonished prosecutors for withholding evidence that could have cast doubt on their guilt. The judge also found that prosecutors had made false statements at trial. This is absolutely horrific. This gentleman also, by the way, got a $4.4 million settlement with the state. So good for him. He lost decades of his life, but he's got $21 million. Doesn't buy you your time back, but at least he gets something. What in the world does this have to do with New York City? This is far from the only instance of New York City paying out money because prosecutors cheated. Last year, New York City settled cases involving 16 wrongful convictions. That's the most of any single year, according to the city controller's office. The settlements last year alone totaled nearly $87 million. That's a lot of money. $87 million. That's real money that we could be using for city services that are about to be cut. So if you're a prosecutor in New York City, do us a favor. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't withhold evidence. Follow the rules. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I have to say, my friend and council member and a fellow that I used to work for, the minority leader of the New York City Council, Joe Borelli, has made a brilliant point in his op-ed in today's New York Post, and he has written it with a lot of humor, and if you know Joe, that's not at all unusual for him. I'm going to link to this whole op-ed on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash moranofan, and I'm just going to read you the beginning and the middle of this op-ed, because it's so captures the problem with these draconian budget cuts that the city is now going to be forced to contend with. Joe writes, Have you ever been out to dinner with a group where some members of the party order appetizers and steaks, pick a premium bottle off the wine list, and signal for extra truffle shavings on their gnocchi, while others at the table order a side salad and water? And does it always seem to be the case that as soon as the bill gets dropped, one of those Joey Chestnut wannabes suggests every Everyone split the bill. And it's a really well done piece with a lot of sarcasm and a lot of humor. But what he says is this is the very story that's playing out at City Hall, not over food, but over funding with the mayor and those elected officials who demanded more and more spending now suggesting we all suffer the same cuts. The folks in City Hall and at the state legislature acted irresponsibly when it came to spending 
spending on the migrants. Even when it was clear the federal government would not chip in a dime and the governor would barely leave the tip, many of them demanded the city order, the lobster thermidor, the beef wellington, and the canard a la range for our migrant guests. He's exactly right. The city was spending more per migrant per year than the combined annual salaries of three rookie firefighters. As far as what we in Staten Island wanted, both Democrats and Republicans, we took one look at this fancy menu and said, no way, let's eat somewhere else. So the migrant crisis is finally entering its own aftermath. There were some politicians who had some hope that the federal government would bail us out. They have not. The right way to handle the migrant deficit is just like the right way to handle unequal ordering at dinner parties. Let our gluttonous elected officials, those who believe they have all the money in the world to spend, be the heavy hitters they pretend to be, the big machas who graciously pick up the entire tab. When there are cuts to be made on police staffing, firehouses, school safety agents, trash pickups, or whatever, spare the districts where responsible elected officials and their constituents demanded we stop this out-of-control spending. Obviously, I recognize that's not the way government works and not the way budgeting works, but there is a certain poetic justice about it. Check out the column, facebook.com slash moranofan. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Why don't we end the show with a laugh? I always like to do that on a Friday. There's a very interesting piece in Vanity Fair by Chris Smith. It's interesting, but I find it so patently absurd and ridiculous. Sources in Andrew Cuomo's orbit have said members of New York City's real estate and labor union classes are urging Cuomo to mount a run for City Hall for mayor of New York if Mayor Adams is pushed out by legal troubles. For starters, we are a long way away from seeing Mayor Adams pushed out by legal troubles. Second, really, this is the guy... This First of all, the guy doesn't even live here. Second, do we forget... What a disaster this man was as governor. He's now trying to rebrand himself as this moderate blue dog Democrat. Keep in mind, not only is this the man that gave us bail reform and discovery reform and cashless bail. He signed the law for cashless bail. Not only did he do everything that he did during COVID, but he interfered with the Moreland Commission and narrowly avoided an indictment by the U.S. attorney Preet Bharara. He raised taxes to a crippling level, which forced more and more New Yorkers to move out of New York to places like Florida. And this is the man that real estate interests and labor interests are actually seriously talking about as a mayor? I mean, give me a break. This is absurd. I hope this is a question of the people around Cuomo just telling this to Vanity Fair so that he can get a little bit of publicity for himself and have a positive article written about him rather than all of the negative pieces that have been written about him. I hope there are not actually serious business people in this city that want Andrew Cuomo to replace Eric Adams. It would be a total and complete disaster. You've seen how this man abuses power. Do we really want to give him control of a police force with 35,000 police officers? I certainly don't. Beam me up! To be continued.